Oh, my computer crashed. Oh no, I've got a virus. Oh, no way, no internet connection. Do you need help? Call IT Mayday. 647-977-7113. ITMayday.com Stand up for your right. Get up, stand up. Don't give up the fight. Hi, you're listening to Linda Pinizzato of The Condo Expert. We're going to do a switch. We're switching over to municipal problems, not just provincial problems with this Condo Act review. And the reason I'm going to make the switch here is, is because there was no municipal representation in the Condo Act review in the expert panel. What, the, what does that tell you? Okay, let's see the difference now. Okay, here's the difference. The one side of the provincial is the governance of the Condominium Act and the whole way that condominium corporations should be functioning in compliance to the mandatory act. Remember, self-governed. There's no fines. Okay, (laughs) wonderful. So let's take a look at the municipal side of it. The municipal side would be this. So you as a condo owner, you're concerned about congestion in your area. Maybe you're going to be concerned about your condo buildings in the neighborhood becoming too tall, or there's maybe a lack of, of, of a creativity in their design. If you're a pet owner, maybe there's the amenities for dogs or, or, or are not available. Maybe every single square inch of land around you has been eaten up and you have absolutely no green space. You're living in a concrete haven, but that's not what you decided on when you bought the property. Way back when you bought the property, that wasn't in the master plan. You actually went down to the city, to the planning department, and you asked to look at the master plan because you wanted to protect your future and you wanted to protect your investment. But what you saw then and what you see today is completely different. That's a municipal issue. Condo board governance is not necessarily an issue with the municipalities unless it affects the regulations within the municipalities. So in other words... All of a sudden, your condominium boards decides to do something. Maybe they've decided that they're going to ignore the zoning bylaws. They're going to ignore the signage bylaws because they're the board and they make decisions because the Condo Act tells them that they make decisions. So all of a sudden, you know, they've decided on a municipal level that they're not going to adhere to city bylaws or any of those type of things. Well, that's when that side comes into play. Now, interesting enough, that side carries fines. (laughs) Isn't that interesting? So if a condo board decided tomorrow that they're actually going to build a huge sign, they're going to throw it outside on the sidewalk the enforcement officer for signage is going to come over to the condo building and they are going to slap a fine. But interesting enough, if the board of directors decides that they're not going to obey the condominium act and it's going to cost the condo owners thousands of dollars, or maybe they're going to contract a service related trade where the bill has been padded and there's some kickbacks going on. No, you know what? That's not fined by our provincial government. 
The finding processes involved with the municipalities is much more resilient in the protection of condo owners. Interesting enough, there's another side too. What if you're taxed disappropriately? You have the Municipal Property Assessment Corporation. You have the municipalities working with them to determine the assessed value and then the mill rate within the city. And if you disagree with it, it's wonderful. You already have a mechanism in place with MPAC where you can submit your complaint, request a hearing, and be protected. And that's already in place on a municipal level. I give kudos to our councillors and our city officials and certainly our mayors for recognizing that there are certain areas that need to have enforcement and the enforcement has to be geared with fines. Maybe you can give that same recommendation to our provincial government in such an important issue as the Condo Act. And those costs for that is embedded in the taxation. It's embedded. So the municipalities are not coming back to you and asking you for an additional $28,176,000 a year so that you can have a condo office, which who knows <laughs> who's going to be involved that may follow that same platform that the Condo Act Review threw out there as a pilot. On a municipal level, congestion is an issue, certainly in downtown Toronto. And many of the condo owners in that area alone, they've, they have con- they're contacting the Condo Owners Association nonstop. The wonderful thing that's happening right now is our municipalities on their records, have the Condo Owners Association website, emails, contact information. And when condo owners are calling the municipalities for help, the municipalities are stepping forward, recognizing the importance of the Condo Owners Association. And they're saying, here's where you need to turn to. Here's where you can get some answers. Isn't that wonderful? I think it's absolutely fantastic. And there's a number of members of provincial parliament, because I'm not going to knock everybody. There's a number of members of provincial parliament who have done the exact same thing. We respect you. We admire you. And we give a standing ovation to you for recognizing how important the Condo Owners Association is. When you make that referral, you care about your constituency. Minister Tracy McCharles, you're in a riding that has a substantial amount of condominiums. And many condominiums in your riding are experiencing horrible maintenance fees, overinflated maintenance fees, reduced values because of their maintenance fees. It is extremely possible that all the reports that have gone down with respect to kickbacks, board members who are not following the Condominium Act, non-transparency, lack of governments is happening in your own writing. Have you taken a moment to even investigate that? Do you really care? Since you have taken the position from Minister Best, 
Minister Margaret Best used to be the Minister of Consumer Services. And I have to say, on meeting her directly, I felt compelled by her approach. She was incredibly concerned about condo owners. She was the one that took her time that went out and spoke directly with the public at all the different meetings, although they weren't well attended, although they weren't properly advertised, although they weren't thrown out there in front of the press properly to embrace as many condo owners as possible. But I would have to put that down to the communications and who makes the decisions of how the word is going to get out. We have social media galore, emails, television, radio, newspapers, magazines. Interesting. If the word really wanted to get out there to have more than just the 200 people sitting there in the audience, our provincial government had the ability to do it. Today's show is revolving around the truth, the facts, and what's been transpiring. And it is geared to ask for accountability. We all, as taxpayers, we have a right to know. This whole show today is not about attacking anyone, anywhere, anytime. This is about asking questions, our right to ask questions, our right to give our opinion, our right to voice our opinion, and our right to request accountability, which to date seems to be lost in the shuffle. And the way that this new condo act, whether it has to do with new construction or it has to do with resale condominiums, doesn't make a difference. Do you want to know why? Because in every aspect of condominium ownership, from the moment that a person decides that they want to become a condo owner, our provincial government should have an act in place which is going to protect that individual. The whole fact that it was left for 14 years is a downright shame. Condominium construction went through the roof in 2002, and it has been nonstop since 2005. I can't guarantee this figure, but from what I understand, I believe Toronto alone may have had over $600 million in development fees, but I'm not sure. But I do know that the amount is incredibly high. And I would ask for anyone out there to help us to get down to it and find out exactly how much money it actually is. What is the actual tune of that dollar amount? But again, you know, comparing the municipal side of condominium involvement and the type of bylaw controls that are in place. And, and that even stems out to new construction, dust, noise, traffic. There's bylaw controls. And, you know, interesting enough, a condominium developer, I mean, when he goes out there and he develops, uh, you know, he is uh, going to break ground. Yes, they have to follow different bylaws that are in place, irregardless of whether or not you even wanted to see that condominium being built in that location. I will tell you that, yes, it isn't always easy for them because they do. You know, you got to hand it to them. Okay, one minute. Okay, granted, you don't like what's happening. But you know what? They got their approval. They got the okay. They got the rubber stamp. 
They're moving forward. They're building it. They have to stay in line with all the different bylaws and their building permits. And every single stage of their development needs to be stamped for them to move forward. Whether or not there's road closures, whether or not there's minimized lane problems or there are obstructions in the process. You may not like it. They've also had to go ahead and hire private staff, maybe the police department staff uh, after hours and so on, or security and whatnot. Once everything is approved, it is then subject to going through the standards and policies that are required to complete that condominium project. And every time that a builder is in violation of anything, he cannot move forward. A fine is slapped on him. So I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't understand why we have self-governance in the operations of the condominiums, but we don't allow self-governance in the construction of the, of the building. A lot of things have been determined. Lack of visitors parking. Every inch is being used up in Toronto. I guess if I had to look for a negative on the municipal side, I would ask whether or not the different cities have now designated maybe bike parking spaces. Especially in a city where you're having now limited parking and congestion with traffic, and you're almost at the point where you're trying to take down the traffic and endorsing the usage of bikes for everyday transportation. For sure. That's a new subject on the trend. Think about it. We're moving forward. 2014 is just around the corner. We're supposed to making things better for condo owners. One step forward, when the McGinty government announced they were building a better condo act in June of 2012, based on some of these recommendations, based on the fact that they excluded the Condo Owners Association in the expert panel on this final draft does not say that we are moving forward in a positive light in this Condo Act review. Every condo owner in the province of Ontario, please register with the Condo Owners Association, coaontario.com. If you want to see light at the end of the tunnel, that's going to help you that is the only way you're going to get it because you need an association that advocates and represents your rights. And you also need to have direct communication with your member of provincial parliament and your counselor through the Condo Owners Association so that your voice is heard and not lost in the shuffle of service-related trades. You're listening to Linda Pinizzato of The Condo Expert. You have a wonderful day. We hope to hear from you. Contact coaontario.com. We have a wonderful website. If you're in Toronto, you can go coatoronto.com. And let us hear your comments. We want to help. Stand up for your rights. Get up, stand up. Don't give up the fight.